Welcome back, friends of Podcast Parables. This is your host, Courtney Lee, and I am so grateful you're here exploring the stories of scripture, interacting with them in a new and imaginative way, and just being encouraged to keep digging into the word. My disclaimer, because I always say this and I want you to truly know the heart behind this ministry, my intent here is to never distort the truth of the word, but to use the truth to paint a picture of what could have been, to see beyond the black and white to a palette of colorful storylines, always holding scripture with utmost integrity and honor. Again this week, I'm doling out gold stars to Mackenzie Gordon of Restless Pursuit Creations for creating the custom episode graphics. They're for sale for only $10, and I would love it if you support her and and buy one of your favorite prints um, throughout this season. And I'm incredibly grateful for Ellie Powers for the intro and exit music. I just have to ask, are you stalking them on socials yet? You should be. Mackenzie is running a sale on portraits this week, and Ellie has been posting some new music on her YouTube channel. Check them out (laughs) this week in Podcast Parables. We get to explore and interact with one of the most popular unnamed women of the New Testament. It's a fascinating interchange. It's also the longest recorded conversation that Jesus has with anyone in in scripture, with a woman, no less. In the commentary by Jameson, Fawcett, and Brown, they say, This is perhaps the most human of all scenes of our Lord's earthly history. We seem to be beside him, overhearing all that is here recorded. But with all that is human, how much also of the divine we have here, both blended in one glorious manifestation of the majesty, grace, pity, patience with which the Lord imparts light and life to this unlikeliest of strangers standing midway between Jews and heathens. I can't wait. Step into the story of the Samaritan woman at the well with me. I just couldn't take it anymore, okay? Their backward stares and avoidant conversations... It was too much. I would save us all the embarrassment and get water at midday. There, no one would have to feel anything around me anymore. Like I was some kind of leper or something, if they only knew. It's a hot and lonely walk, and it doesn't help the social status, but at least I avoid the daggers of despise usually thrown my way. I know I can be a little much for some. A little. <laughs> okay, a lot. I'm a lot too much for most. <laughs> oh, yeah. My mouth has been known to get me in a little trouble now and again. My mother tried to train it out of me, teaching me to the best of her ability how to be a proper lady. My father tried to beat it out of me whenever my mouth moved faster than my memory of how much his anger hurt. Neither seemed to work, though. I knew I was different. I knew my opinions weren't counted, but I still have them. I cared deeply about the goings-on and always just wanted in on the conversation. I had so much to say. I had so many questions to ask. But that wasn't how it was. 
Mama told me to just accept it and move on, and sometimes I was successful, but not most of the time. Friendships were difficult, because all the other girls were obedient and respectful, never falling out of line, never desiring more. But more was an insatiable desire within me, and I didn't know how to reckon that with the life I had been assigned to. More was a thirst I couldn't quench. My mama couldn't fill it, friendships couldn't fill it, the men in my life couldn't fill it. More, for me, meant passion and purpose, mutual understanding and depth of relationship, and honestly, a kinship that goes beyond the bedroom. I guess it's far too much to ask. It was especially hot that day. I was lost in thought about the wonders of the world and kept my eyes down most of the way, carrying the water pot on my head. I knew the way by heart. I could probably get there and back with my eyes all the way closed. When I arrived and finally did look up, I was surprised to find someone else there. He looked like a Jewish man and was sitting on the edge of the well, looking a bit disheveled. I quickly looked around to see who else was here. I didn't want to be accused of something. You know how quickly people talk, especially about my kind. I was just about to turn away and head back home, not wanting another difficult conversation, the very thing I was trying to avoid by coming at this time of day. I think I'd prefer the mean looks and whispers of the women this evening than the potential trouble of being alone with and speaking to a Jewish man at Jacob's well in the middle of the day. But before I could leave, he spoke directly to me. Give me a drink. Oh boy, my thoughts were already spinning out. He should not be asking me that. He actually should not even be speaking to me. He didn't even have a bucket of water or a jar that I could see. My mama's manners lessons coming back to my memory immediately. I I guess I could just comply without saying a word, but again, I just felt like I couldn't help it. His request was so intriguing. How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. If you knew the gift of God and who it is, that is saying to you, give me a drink. You would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Oh, so many more thoughts and questions. It was uncontainable. Living water? Who was this guy? If I knew who it is speaking to me, it's not like he introduced himself. Why was he here? was, Was this a trap? Sir, you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. Oh, okay. He knows about a spring nearby. That makes sense. 
Still don't know why he's telling me about it, but I'll take it. I can be free of lugging this pot back and forth, and I can also avoid the others while I'm at it. Win-win. Sir, give me this water so, so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. Go. Call your husband and come here. Really? Why this request? <laughs> what am I supposed to do with this? What, what, what does my marital status have to do with sharing information about a spring of water? Could he be asking because he's interested? Oh gosh, no. Better not go there. Never mind that. Just, just answer the question. I have no husband. You are right in saying I have no husband. For you have had five husbands. And the one you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. This is such a crazy day. How in the world does he know that? What is happening? Is there someone around in the bushes trying to catch me saying something inappropriate? Slow down. It's okay. No one else seems to be around. (sighs) My heart is beating so fast. This man. This man is different than any I know. Oh. (gasps) Oh, maybe he's a prophet. He seems genuine enough the case I have so many more questions slow down slow down woman one thing at a time deep breath sir I perceive that you are a prophet he didn't stir he didn't turn away just looked at me plainly did he not think I was out of line now was my chance perhaps the only chance I'd ever get Something had always bothered me, plagued me, really. Today might as well be the day I finally got a chance to ask to be part of the conversation with a man who just somehow showed up here knowing all my history and yet hasn't shunned me yet. I'm going to go for it. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Woman, Believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such people to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. I was not expecting that answer. Incredible. Worshipping anywhere? Is this worship with the Spirit and in truth what he meant by living water? The Father is seeking such people to worship him in this way. Does that mean I'm one of those people? Is that why this man is here today? There's only one way to find out, and I can't seem to help myself. It just slips out. I know that Messiah is coming, he who is called Christ, and when he comes, he will tell us all things. I, who speak to you, am he. No way. So crazy. Now I'm truly dumbfounded. And out of words, that never happens. His eyes sparkled, a smile encapsulating his face. Tears came spontaneously to mine. The water jug dropped from my waist to the ground. The Messiah? 
the Christ is here with me, speaking only to me, knowing my story and my shame and yet still asking me for a drink. Just then, his friends came back and they marveled that he was talking with me, (laughs) a woman and a Samaritan, but not one of them had the courage to ask, what do you ask or why are you talking with her? So with whatever words I had left caught in my throat, I turned and began quickly walking into town, my thoughts racing again. I decided to go straight to the town square. I knew most would be there at this time of day. He asked me to get my husband, but... I had to bring back everyone I could find. He was who we'd been waiting for. I I was a little nervous, but I had nothing more to lose. Me, a condemned woman from Samaria, had spoken with the Christ that very day. There's no way that manners or cultural traditions or community appropriateness would at all hold me back this time. I said to the people when I arrived, waving at them to depart with me, come! Come, see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? To my great surprise, they didn't scoff and shout at me to go home. They followed me out of the town, believing in him because of my testimony. We came to him, this Messiah man waiting for us at the well. They invited him to stay, and he did. I felt like I had died and departed into a whole new life. During the next two days, many more believed because of his word. They said to me, It's no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard ourselves and we know that this is indeed the Savior of the world. After the two days, he departed for Galilee. I was sad to see him go, but ignited by what he had left with me. My words still spilled out of me at an uncontrollable speed, but this time they had purpose. I was no longer known as the woman who had had five husbands, but as the woman who met the Messiah face to face. I would never be the same. so grateful that God included it in scripture. The story drums up in me three different topics. The first is thirst. It's this unquenchable thing in my life and nothing in this earthly world can seem to hydrate me. Living water seems like such a foreign concept. Like, what does that even mean? It's like a person who only drinks Mountain Dew and wonders why they can't stay hydrated. It's this desire for something that no one can seem to fill. It's a thirst, and this thirst is only fulfilled through Jesus Christ. The second thing, uh, topic that I see is this desire for more. I know I struggle with this, that what I have is currently not enough. I'm discontent, I'm uncomfortable. You know, I may not have had five husbands in my personal past, but Has my heart given itself away plenty of times? This desire for more often leads me down the road of less because I am never 
content with what I have. And yet, when Jesus shows up, he seems to give me all that I could ever need and more with passion and purpose. And then the third topic that I see here is discipleship. What do I do when I encounter truth? Hide hide it away in my heart? Or do I share it with others? Do my words have purpose and meaning? Am I inviting Jesus into my personal spaces or leaving him at the well? What a different picture this story would would have shown if she had just gone back home and left Jesus there without saying much to anyone, still having a great experience, but no one else would have known. Do I do that with my own personal relationship with Jesus? Do I leave him where he's at, on the shelf, in a certain compartment of my heart? Or am I willing to share what I have found in him with others? It's said that the Samaritan woman really is the first picture of a disciple and evangelist in the Bible. That because of her conversation at the well, she then goes and tells her whole town and they all become Jesus followers and Jesus knowers. Let's take her example today. Let's take take Jesus out of wherever we've hidden him away and share him, share his hope, share his story with others. Thank you guys so much for listening. I just love that you are subscribing, sharing, rating, and reviewing the podcast. It truly does help those algorithms know who we are and then recommend this podcast to others who are listening. Growth is desired, not for this podcast's sake, but for the name of the Lord. May his story intersect with more and more other friends. I am humbled to be able to share with you in this capacity and on this platform. May only God's name be glorified and honored through this always and forever. Press into those stories around you this week, both the hard and the holy parts. And with that, have a great week. Be sure to tune in next Friday. We have our first guest on the show. It's going to be so great. For now, signing off, your Podcast Parables host, Courtney Lee. Thank you.